This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, April 16th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, and newly recovered sick person, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. I said to the world I had COVID. Okay. I didn't say it on the show. They made me take it out. I kind of said it, and then they were like... Don't say it. Oh, he right. literally said he said everything but COVID. <laughs> he literally was like, "Yeah, Jamie's not here." Um, she, you, uh, you know, there's a pandemic did, happening. I'm not saying that that's <laughs> correlated, but you can read between the lines. And uh, that's uh, you just heard from Nashville, Tennessee artist producer mogul Derek Miner. What up? Uh, he is not sick. I'm mm-hmm. not sick. Jamie I'm is officially not sick. I think I'm recovered. Hopefully, how, how you feel back to normal. I don't feel back to normal. This is my first day back in. Uh, I had symptoms Good Friday, and then it mm. just went downhill from there. And then from there, five out of the seven people in my house have had COVID mm. or currently have COVID. It's a crazy thing, you guys. The question mm. is, who doesn't have it? Because they're the ones that are going to be immune during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, need to separate them to preserve yep. the family line. Just keep them out in the outhouse. One of them that doesn't have it already had it. And then the other one, I, I kid you not, this one kid of mine, he has the immune system. He's never been sick. He was born in Haiti. I think that like something like he just has something special about him. He's never, ever gotten sick. And so I don't expect him to get COVID. Superpower. Well, well, you got we, a superpower. We are praying for you and the fam, Jamie. I know, man. Aww, it's, thanks, it's, Jesse. Uh, it's just a bummer to, to, <laughs> to be sick, have the family sick. But like I said, Jamie, we're, we're praying for you and... Thankfully, I think at this point in this um, pandemic, we've we've all known a lot of people who, um, you know, have fortunately recovered and and are out on the other side. And we know you guys are all going to bounce back too. But we're we're stoked to have you back on the show. It's I'm definitely not the back. same without you. You know, I've sure. worked in forever. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah. Last last week was the was the uh, the crustiest stinkiest what? show what? it was, was like the last last week's show was just it was just yeah it was just gym socks like that's <laughs> yeah, gym socks. Really it, 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 it was a lot of gym socks yeah and i feel like i was reviewing some of the things i wanted to talk about today earlier and i'm like you know i'm glad jamie's back for this because this is you know it, last last week was like it, it was you know it was look it was it was a great show i appreciate everyone who listened but it was like one of those episodes of you know one of your back in the day when sitcoms would occasionally have you could tell like some of the casts were out and it was like one of those where they just shoestring a plot and do a bunch of like throwbacks you know like looks back it still it still works, right? When it comes on, it's not a total rerun. It's still kind of a fun thing. But now we're back in it. You know, it's sweeps week, and, and now we pull out all the stops. That's what they used to do. I want to introduce our new cast member, True. Uh, my nephew, our newly discovered nephew that's joining the cast. You know, He's going to move in with us, guys. He's going to move in. And you should see the wacky adventures we have in store. So, one of my new nephews may have accidentally planned a date with two different girls. From his from his class on the same day, and wait till you hear this. They're twins who might be playing a prank on him. Oh man, it's a good one, guys. It is a good one. Last week, okay. So after every show, uh, Clark and I talk for a few minutes about 
Uh, number one, we'll like talk about the segments, which segments we want to target for our new video highlights. So the last two weeks, we've been putting out like whole segments of the show on YouTube. And so we talk about that. But then we'll talk about kind of like edit points. Like people, people think that this is just like us hanging out and then we hit publish. All right. This is a highly edited show, you know, so imagine how bad it is live. Right. So, so at the end of last week's Clark and I said, there's normally a two minute conversation. Oh man, that was a great show. This was the best moment. Put that on video. We sat there for 27 minutes trying to figure out how to save that episode, man. It was like some deep scalpel surgeon work. He was like, I mean, Jesse, Guys, you're what's Jesse what thinking happened? recorded like 38 minutes long and the finished version is like seven. So just FYI. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of working out of material. Um, just, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of a workshop episode. I feel like for a yeah. lot of us, so, you know, getting a little experimental, but um Jamie, all it just makes say, us appreciate Jamie. <laughs> as 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 glad we are as to have you back. The listeners are are. I'm extra, so glad to be glad. back. Although yeah. I I kind of like it when y'all kind of go off the rails. So I don't know what I missed, but oh, it wasn't a back. fun go off the rails. It was okay. A, hmm. How do we turn this into an episode worth listening to? You know what I mean? It was one of those shows. So anyway, well, speaking of which, we have a great episode to listen to today. Coming up later, we are joined by. Four-time Grammy award-winning duo, Joel and Luke from For King and Country. Uh, they're coming up later. And then last week, we debuted our new Quarter Life segment. We're doing a series on the site uh, and here on the podcast for the for 10 weeks, uh, talking about Quarter Life, that time in your 20s when you're rethinking everything and you're kind of talking everything from faith and career to relationships, money, all the big stuff. We're tackling that on the site and we're doing a segment here on the show as well to coincide. This week, we are joined by relationship expert, Deb Faleta. Uh, she's written for us over the years. She's a best-selling author and her stuff is always amazing. Can't wait for that conversation. Focus on relationships in your 20s. I might tune in because I still need help in that area, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. Before we get to all the, the incredible content that we have All the incredible ahead, content. Hey, can I, I, I feel like this is something I just wanted to address. There's no way to bring it up during the show. Um, guys, I'm getting concerned about the future of the MyPillow company. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just came across their latest so endeavor. Stupid. I saw, I saw this mentioned on, on, you know, I, I, I still, uh, the little peek behind the curtain for a long time. Yeah. For years and years, I would do my morning rounds on the internet to, to kind of see what's going on, see what yeah. the scuttlebutt is and, you know, see it. It was just something I did as part of virtue of what my job duties were. I haven't been able to break that topic. I still do the same thing every morning. Uh, and I, I, I look at everything that was on late shows like the night before, just because I feel like their monologue writers generally have a finger on the pulse of, you know, low hanging fruit. And I saw Kimmel mention this about the, the, my, my store, the my pillow store, the my pillow guy has, you know, I think everyone knows the story with him. He has uh, decided to take his pillow empire and give the full resources into attempting to uh, discredit the the widespread, the, the widely accepted results of the recent presidential election. Mm -hmm. uh, but now he's diversifying his business by launching a store with it on MyPillow.com that is the oddest assortment of merchandise I've ever seen. And I'm very curious that who has targeted. Market, it's really weird. It's like 
I really miss Sky Mall. Okay, let me preface what I'm about to say by that. I love I love Sky Mall. I loved that too. I used to. It was part. Of, it was the first thing I did when I got on a plane. Right. I would even even if I had my phone and I was super into a game or something. I'm cracking open the Sky Mall to see some sweet Lord of the Rings jewelry <laughs> to like find out the latest doghouse technology. I don't even, I have no interest in Lord of the Rings. I don't even have a dog, but I'm, I'm cracking open Sky Mall. My, my favorite thing I ever saw in Sky Mall was, you know, like the tubes that you pull behind a boat, you know, I live in Florida. It's a common thing. I buy tubes over the years. I saw one in Sky Mall that was shaped like a pizza wedge. It was huge. And it was built to, when you get up to full speed, it would go airborne. So you're on it riding like a water tube, but you'd go up in the sky like a parasail behind the boat, right? And I'm going, this is the most amazing tube ever. Imagine seeing that on the lake. It was $600, so I never bought it. And then a month later, I find out that they've shut it down because people were flying off and dying. And so they had to... I was like, that's oh why I gosh. wanted it. The actual fear of you're up there just holding on for dear life, you know? Anyway, that's that's SkyMall in a nutshell me. to me. They're going to put experimental stuff up there that you may die, Yo. but it's awesome. So, Well, my, Mike Lindell is shooting a shot here again. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, he's put some L's on the board recently, and I think he's thinking if he does this Sky Mall thing on the My Pillow site, maybe he'll buy back a little goodwill. Okay, one of them, it's a lot of flag merchandise. Okay, yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of things of related course. to the American of, flag. Obviously, this is what this is a very curious item. I've I, I've I'm very curious how many he will sell, and as long as this is on, <laughs> it is called the Uncommon U.S. Flagpole. I don't know what's uncommon about it because it looks like a large aluminum pole to me. It's 20 feet long. Is it a, it's made of aluminum and the flag, which the, in the display is an American flag is not included. Anybody want to know how much this aluminum pole is going for? Like this is why, this is what made me concerned about, about the, the, the legal issues that Mike Lindell is facing. 39.99. What makes it uncommon? That's unclear. That oh, is, okay. I think the price makes, I think the price makes it uncommon. 39.99. Derek, what is what is your what is your uh, for the uncommon uh, the uncommon poll? If you want, I can read the official description. Yes, uh, please. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, that might help me with, help. The, with, with what I think the price what's, what's would it be. What's it dipped in? The adenized aluminum sections. I guess that's something they do to strengthen aluminum. I don't know. The adenized aluminum sections lock into place with our heavy duty stainless steel pen. The pen is visible, so you know the pole is locked in place. Uh, okay, that's okay. pretty much how all pins kind of work. I guess uh, it features heavy duty har- harness rings that are free floating to accommodate various fl- uh, sizes of flags. It can fly two flags at once or one flag at half staff. The diameter of the pole, the gauge, the thickness of the aluminum. Uh, make it the strongest telescoping flagpole in the industry. Comes fully assembled. Do you realize how 100%. much airtime you're giving to this as free advertisement? <laughs> Just FYI. Trust me. Trust me. If someone is is engaged with this flagpole content yeah. as a legitimate ad and not entertainment value, then you're welcome, flag co- flagpole content person. The, mo- the podcast moment you've been waiting for is here. When are they going to get free airtime right. to a flagpole? flagpole? I'm super into flagpole content. Yeah. Please read the description. This in is detail. the pod. In detail. Because the shockingly, yeah. shockingly, there's not a lot of flagpole pods out there right, right now. There's a <laughs> big market void of flagpole content. Right, anyway, right. round okay, thirty nine nine nine. Derek, real quick, what do you think the price of this bad boy is? I pay about fifteen dollars for it. Fifteen, you know, okay. I pay about Jamie. fifteen. I for think it, it is um seventy four ninety nine. Clark, give me one. Give me one quick. Price is right, man. Oh man, forty nine ninety nine. 
It is four hundred twenty-eight dollars and fifty cents. Oddly specific what? for one. Four hundred twenty-eight dollars and fifty cents. One is very expensive for a twenty-foot flagpole. Two. It makes me think he's got some very specific legal bills he needs covered. <laughs> he's like, Dude, I think he just went. Here's my theory, guys. I've gone through his whole store. He's got a cardboard cutout of Mike Lindell for sale. A cardboard cutout of himself. Okay, he's got. It's, it's not David Hasselhoff, so it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. He has the entire Eric Metaxas library for sale at the MyPillow store. Every one of Eric Metaxas's book. He has he has like random he has peanut brittle. He has here's what I guys, here's what I'm concerned <laughs> happening. It's like Mike Lindell gotten a little I think I think that's legal. He's catching up. I think he's doing <laughs> a garage brittle. store on the MyPillow store and just marking everything up. I think that's his personal flagpole. And he needs uh, $428.50 exactly. He's like Oh, man, I hope someone moves this. And what if I say the aluminum's adenized? Maybe I can move this flagpole because I really need this 420. And the 50 cents? That's a very odd, like, sounds like an online Cracker Barrel. Like, you know, like everything you could possibly oh, think of. Riddle, you flagpole. Know, yeah. yeah. Flags. Yeah. yeah. College team merch. Tie rods. You get a tie except, it's, except it's the lamest Cracker Barrel gift shop ever. Because last time I checked, their Cracker Barrel gift shop doesn't have a bike a biker alarm to prevent your bike from getting stolen. Like, what? is that a problem? Like, who's who's buying a bike alarm from the My Pillow store? Well, you know, they went there for the peanut brittle, and then they realized that their bike's always getting stolen, so they're going to pick one up while they're there. It's an the peanut they're yeah. like, man. Man, I got it. I got a pretty nice twenty foot flagpole, but I'm not sure if the Lumo's been adenized. It's time to time for an upgrade. And while I'm here, and while I'm here, I'll go ahead and get this the great plate set of six plates and cups. I'm concerned he's just clearing out the his his house, guys. He's hey. in real trouble right now. He's trying hey, to make those dollars You got to do what you, you got to do, man. Like, I mean, I mean where he's at right like now. $1.3 billion against him right now. So, uh, yeah. It's oh, are you while. serious? Yeah, yeah. The the Dominion Why Voting Machines has so, uh, is suing him and everybody else who is perpetuating the false claims about them being insecure. Uh, Got you. And so they're, they're, they're suing everybody. They're suing Fox News. They're suing uh, 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 One America News. They're suing... Lindell, the people who have gone out there, gone out of their way. Rudy Giuliani, I believe, is getting sued. So, got you. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. So he's got, he's you. got some legal some legal issues. Even just to fight it, he's got to pay a lot why, of lawyer money. Why else? Why, why else would he sell like a little container that's it's called "Save My Blades, Keep Your Blades Sharper Longer"? How, what does he even do? What kind of blades? What kind of blades are we talking here, Mike? Why do you have a cup of blades in the house? Like that's very odd. Then right next to the blade saver, which is yeah. just a cup, you have yeah. bleed stop stops bleeding in seconds. And it's like, what? A, what well, those do go together. Those go together. If you're putting all the blades in the cup, you're going to need the bleed stopper. I, I, my, here's another theory I'm going to throw out there right now is not only is he in financial trouble, I think he's a bad shaver. I think he's got all these blade keepers <laughs> and he's going the wrong way. I think that's why he's got just a thick mustache because he doesn't want to go near the lips and nose. He's fine taking it down on the cheeks and the chin. You, you, you cut that nose or lip, you're in trouble. But that's going to hurt. I guess maybe why he's got the mustache. He's obviously bad at shaving. He's selling bleed stoppers and, sh- and blade keepers. Oh it's a very odd collection of things. I'll stop ranting about this, but it's been on my mind all morning. I feel the like he's just throwing guys. everything out there and seeing what sticks. And then he might, you know, 
maybe that'll be his next endeavor. It's a fire sale. That man is trying to survive. So I, Although, I, Jesse, you have given me, I've, I've been talking, uh, we have a new designer starting next week and I'm excited and we're going to be working on some new stuff for the relevant store and new merch and stuff like that. And you've given me a new idea for a way to even expand the store even further is to basically go to Alibaba, find all some <laughs> bunch of random stuff and resell it for a huge markup. Like the, my hey, pillow guy. Fl- I bought this flagpole from a Chinese website for $12. I'm sure a $400 markup's reasonable. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know much about flagpoles. When I'm not an uh, American <laughs> flagpole flag guy, but I'm just yeah. asking, like, how, I mean, because I might do a quick Google search and see yep, how much right a normal flagpole yep. cost. I'm looking. Has, have any of y'all ever bought a flagpole in your life? No, I but I have, have two neighbors that, that have one. I've never, never bought yeah. a flagpole. So. I've never bought a flagpole. Okay, here we go. Flagpoles residential. Uh, you could have one uh, for $95. It's 25 foot. Uh, it's, uh, extra That's thick, a little heavy more duty. expensive than I would have thought. I, I ain't going to even lie. I, I never would have thought. $69 for a 16 footer. A 30 footer for 113 It's really heavy duty. has a little gold ball on top. You got a whole okay. range here. None okay. are anywhere near $428.50. Yeah, so the markup at, at best is three times the price. Yeah. Right. Look, look, Derek, the man was out here. The man put it all on the line. Like I said, he, he put his, he put his, he put his money behind the wrong horse. He hitches wagon to the wrong horse. Pillows aren't, he's not moving up pillows. You got to, got to move some flagpoles. So was, was my pillow popping pre, pre Trump? Well, yeah, he was, he was heavily, heavily marketed on conservative news channels. Like he would buy all the commercial airtime on like Fox news. And okay. stuff like that. So like if you watch any Fox News, you every commercial break you saw my pillow ad and it became okay. kind of a thing that there's a certain voting block that kind of like adopted it as their unofficial like merch. And so like if you're a good conservative, you bought a my pillow, you know, but then there are people who just like my pillow. I, like it's a pillow. Like why did it have to yeah. be politicized? But he politicized it and he so donated weird. to a lot of certain funds and causes and you know, it's just Made it partisan. So it became a partisan pillow at that point. So you have like a Republican pillow. It's a Republican pillow. It's, 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 good, it, pillow. It, y'all, it's 2021 mm-hmm. and our nation has progressed to turning a pillow political. I love it. This is, this is great. I'm with it. I love it. All right. Well, moving the show along, there is a lot coming up. I had mentioned our guests already, but I didn't tell you what's happening at the end of the show. A couple of weeks ago, you guys remember we did Epic battle it was actually the first video segment we did from the show epic battle it was to settle the debates once and for all just no more online debates we're settling the debates it's the battle uh we only got through three rounds and you guys well we heard from you we heard loud and clear you needed some more things settled so we're bringing it back for round two epic battle two electric boogaloo is coming up at the end of the show don't miss it i'm excited all right stay tuned right now up next Slices. You're listening to Child. The song is Sleepwalking. If your child is sleepwalking, the song has instructions on what to do about it. Well, T 
Today's show is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. And I've, I can vouch, they're literally my favorite sock. I give them as Christmas presents. They're, they are not cheap, but they are a quality that will last and they're incredibly comfortable. And I can vouch. I am a customer, not just with them being a sponsor. I am a customer. Bombas have been for years, gave them as a Christmas present this year. It is a treat. It is a splurge. Best sock you'll ever come across. I promise. And the cool thing is they actually do more than just keep your feet comfy and cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of more than 3,000 giving partners. The impact is, is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So check it out. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash relevant. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash relevant for 20% off your first purchase. Don't wait. Go do it. Bombas.com slash relevant. You won't regret it. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well... I feel like I've made my feelings about steakums pretty clear on this podcast. So I'm not going to go into the the merits of them well, as a food or snack. But refresh, refresh. Steakums are not dog treats. What are they? Like, steakums like are delicious, treats. skilletable uh, slices of red meat that you can cook on the stove like, and put like in spam. sandwiches, and they're freaking awesome. And they they were a staple of my childhood diet. Got steakums. It. Evidently, still around, still seem to be doing pretty well. And they've taken an interesting strategy on social media. You know, we've I think we've talked about them in the past. Instead of going the Wendy's route where they're just, you know, kind of just biting and sarcastic and funny, um, you know, they've gotten a little philosophical on some things that, uh, you know, up to now... It's been just fine, you know, like, hey, a take on what social media is doing to our ability to communicate. Sure, whatever. That's great. It's, what a great take, you know. Thanks. Thanks, Stakeum. Um, but they picked a fight unsolicited that I found very odd this week. Did you guys see about this Stakeum feud? No. Nah, I'm not really tuned into the Stakeum's world. <laughs> guys, Stakeum's content, flagpole content, I, it's... This is not a lot happening this week in, in the world of the internet. Um... They picked a fight with the most unlikely person, like for no reason. Stakeums decided to, to to get beef, no pun intended, with Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist and noted science personality. For uh-huh. no reason, they're picking a fight with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Stakeum. And, and, and so here's how it started. With Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeting something relatively innocuous about science. He said, the good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it. Okay. Something you would expect a scientist to say. Right. right? Sure. Like, I'm not going to like why would anyone have a problem with that like sure the whole construct of science is observable and if you can observe it it's got to be true okay got it thanks neil pretty pretty standard neil degrasse tyson stuff sure steakums quote tweeted this okay steakums the brand they say i'm going to read three tweets that they did the irony of neil's tweet is that by framing science itself as quote unquote true he's influencing people to be more skeptical of it in a time of unprecedented misinformation 
Science is an ever-refining process Mm -hmm. to find truth, not a dogma. No matter his intent, this Uh message isn't helpful. Uh, Okay, I got to be honest with you. That is correct. That's what my first thought was. Science isn't fact. Science is a process of observation to determine what is true ultimately. But science isn't true. Science is a process. Well, they followed, right. up. That's what I'm they followed up with this log off, bro. Okay, show a little respect <laughs> to Neil. You took it from an intellectual debate that Neil deGrasse Tyson wasn't trying to have with Stakeham. He didn't wake up that morning thinking, I'm going to go promote Science Day on Twitter. I And I hope I get in a beef with Stakeham. Like, they, because they took it from intellectual, fair enough. Okay, let's get into the nuances of the scientific method to log off, bro. You're talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson. You show a little respect. Then they followed up with this the and this is the doubling down that i don't know if i appreciate <laughs> like i've been a long time advocate of your brand but i don't see any i don't see anything productive happening from these type of conversations they followed up with this the role of science communicators has arguably never been more important than it is today. Again, Stakeham, I didn't need this commentary from you. People need more relatable, nuanced explanation that encourage critical thinking and less pompous, clout-chasing sound bites that's so, so polarization. That, that's what he was doing, Stakeham? They followed up this. Obligatory thread to remind to remind people that we're a brand selling product. So everything we do is based on self-interest to grow our business. How does this grow your business? Like, I get we're talking about Stakeham, but I, who's going to be like, oh, man, are they the ones picking beasts with scientists on Twitter? I think I'm going to go eat them for lunch today. It's just a very odd strategy that Stakeham's is trying in real time on Twitter right now. <laughs> They're doing what they do, which is, I mean, that, that, listen, that is the only way in the year 2021 with all these algorithms to -hmm. be able to bring attention to your, to your brand is to just do something outlandish. So let, let's have a intellectual beef with Neil deGrasse Tyson with a state company. Steak is in quotes. I don't even know if we can technically call it steak. Legally, they have to call it a steak. Let's have a, let's have a, let's have an intellectual beef over science via this. And, and now we're talking about it on a relevant podcast. That's what I'm saying. Jesse fell for it again. It's not falling for it. I feel like it, it, this is I, it, this isn't like setting. A, I don't feel like they set this publicity trap. You know, this isn't like a stunt. I think that you know. Right? I honestly think this is an indictment on just how like toxic and dumb. Twitter debates have gotten like I don't think they're doing this in a self-aware way. I think right. they want to. Really? Do, I think whoever's no, no, there is no self-awareness. It's not like hey, but we loved Cosmos, Neil, or like hey, but you join us for a steak, Neil. It's log off, bro. Like that seems like why are you coming at me? Like why steak? I'm just randomly picking a fight. I think it's just, I think, I honestly, here's what I think it is. I think everyone, including brands, feel an obligation to speak into things that aren't their lane because that's just how Twitter's evolved. You see it a lot, obviously, in like circles we all run in where right. it just because like someone is a noted 
you know, leader in the Christian space and their background might be in relationships. It might be in finance. It might be in theology, but all of a sudden they feel like they got to have, now I'm not saying everybody, but there are people who just feel like, well, because I have some platform, I am obligated to share my opinion on everything, whether I'm an expert about it or not. And that, mm-hmm. it's suddenly it's escalated to the point where it's not all even that newsworthy that a state company is picking a, a, a fight publicly with a noted intellectual in the science space it just seems bonkers to me but also a weird indictment of just how twitter has evolved you know mm-hmm. like they should just stick to the stakeums yeah i mean or to, or pick fights in their lane shut up and dribble like, stakeums that's like, yeah. to shut up and dribble dude you did you <laughs> just told him to shut up and dribble <laughs> Look, man, if Stakem wants, wants to come at oh. Sizzler, do it. I'd watch. Hey, gloves Dude, off. Stakem, Jesse, Stakem Jesse, v. Sizzler. You are literally the person who tells LeBron James via Twitter to shut his mouth about social issues or ed- education or whatever. Shut up and dribble. You just told Stakems, you just told Stakems to shut up and dribble. Derek's dead LeBron on right. LeBron James. LeBron James is a is a role model to millions of children around the world well, so, who's using his so platform to speak into social issues. You show me one kid with a Stakeums jersey. Stakeums raised you. You said it yourself that Stakeums raised you. Why would you speak to your your for your forefather like this? Your, 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 baby, your babysitter like this. Your I didn't think you'd be so close minded, Jesse. I didn't think you'd be respect, so close minded. Respect your elders, bro. It's not even John Stakem out there. You don't know. Like it, but it might be John Stakem. To sign it. Sign it, John Stakem. Sign it, John Stakem. Maybe I'll show you more. Show yourself, Stakem. Hold on, time out, time out. His show name yourself. Is, his name is John Stakem. Is that the actual person for real? No. Okay. I like you. It's Peter Stakem. This he is amazing. I was say, if, your name, if you were born with the name John Stakem, I feel like your path is pretty pretty clear. Like, I'm going in the steak. I got, I'm going in the steak business. All right. So you've had a lot of time on the couch to, to find stuff. What do you have, Jamie? But a lot of time on the couch, but your brain stops working when you have COVID. That is a fact. There's that Wait, is true. Is that true? What was the worst part of it? The worst. I mean, the worst part, like the body aches and stuff. And my my headache hurt so bad one night, I thought it was going to explode. But you guys, I so, still can't smell and taste. Ooh. Oh, that's, and that's I have a friend sad. who got it. I have a friend who lost his taste last March and still doesn't have it back. Stop it. That's not what I need to hear. Not not a month ago, 13 months ago. The other day, the other night I was eating chips and salsa and I thought it was salsa. It was tomato soup and I didn't even know it. And I was just eating it. You guys, isn't that awful that I I saw you like legit cannot taste. Wow. No, like I'm drinking this coffee just for caffeine, but like it just tastes like liquid. It's it. You're going to, you're going to have an opportunity. You could eat just like all kale and like super healthy and it's no different to you. You could just like. (laughs) Get super healthy all of a sudden. That's actually a pretty good point. You know? But obviously, I'm still craving my chips and salsa, and I accidentally ate chips and tomato soup, which is really gross, kind (laughs) of. But, but you couldn't taste it, so it didn't really... No, I just was like, So if your brain was a fog, you had a bad headache, your your aches, you can't move, who took care of all of you? Like, what did y'all do? My husband did before he got sick. My husband did before he got sick. And now, for the last three or four days, I've been taking care of everybody. Because I'm like the best one. Because hmm. listen, oh, I can't. My 17 year old son is not taking care of nobody. He can't even take care of himself. So you know, oh, it's just man. it's just me. Wow. Uh, but I'm ready. I got a slice. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. I think last time I was with you guys, we talked something about um, like people not going to church anymore. Didn't we have a conversation like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much every other week of relevant okay. news. 
Because I actually used what Tyler talked about one time in a conversation with someone else. Anyhow, there's new data right now that suggests that over 40% of self-identified evangelicals attend church once a year or less. Now, I do have to, I read this article and I don't Mm. know, like, no one's attending church during COVID. So that feels a little little kind of weird about like, what does that mean? Or Mm. maybe it's just in the past five years or whatever. But Mm. it's now saying there's this decline in people who self-identify as an evangelical, um, not attending church, sometimes only once a year, but they would call themselves like, I'm an evangelical Christian. And so I think it's kind of alarming, but this one um, person, (laughs) this one historian who was talking about this said that he thinks- John Stakem. John Stakem took it took this study to un, really to task on Twitter. It was really a thing. Uh, Him John and Mike Stakem. Lindell sold it. Yep. Sorry, I'm sorry, Jamie. I, I love it. Sorry. Uh, so John and Mike were part of the study that were doing this. Uh, I'm just kidding, but they're saying that maybe it's because evangelicals tend to focus more on the individual, like prioritizing their own personal relationship with Jesus, and so it takes away hmm. the corporate aspect of it. That was just one person's opinion on this. Um, but I think that's pretty interesting to think that 40% of people who self-identify evangelicals only go to church one year. I mean, once time a year or less. Um, and it doesn't say that it was during COVID either, because I don't think that counts mm. because no one's going Yikes. to church. I mean, it's a big number, but I'm not shocked by it. You know? Yeah. I, I, think, I think the correlation between self-identification of a label that really has this nebulous sort of meaning, you know what I mean? Like... You can ask a bunch of different people what the word evangelical means, and they can probably give different definitions, you know? For sure. Um, and so when people self-identify with it, you know, I think, especially in the last, you know, five or six years, that label has really been more of an indication of your political, you know, values than it has, you know, necessarily any theological ones, you know? Like, I Which feel is like not if you, fair if you, or good, I don't think. Yeah, but I think anecdotally, if you just went up to someone on the street and said, hey, what's the first thing when you come to your minds when they say evangelical? There's there's some likelihood that seems like it would probably be a, something about policy my, yeah. my or, 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 my or, or partisanship. Yeah, or, you know. <laughs> my very expensive flagpole in my yard. That's what I think of. Yeah, it's just, it's listen, this and this anecdotal evidence is solid because I can tell you right now, someone came up to me on the street and was like, hey, bro. I'm in the market for a new flagpole. I've looked everywhere. You know where I can get a good one? I'm like, oh, have you checked the MyPillow store? <laughs> Obviously, that's the first place I would look. When you put your but, pillow but again, on the flagpole? Well, you can. It's got a variety of galvanized rings. You can. Yeah. But, but I mean, for a long time, I think someone prior to the over-politicalization of kind of the modern era, I think a lot of people would say, what is an evangelical? They'd probably say someone who goes to an evangelical church, you know, but now most people who self-identify of it don't even go to church. So Hmm. it is, it is, I think it's more interesting just about the reappropriation of that term. It's just as interesting as it is with the kind of habitual practices of, of Christians in America. This guy said that that you're right, that if you were to ask people, what is it evangelical, you'd get different answers from all kinds of people. But um, this one historian said the four markers of evangelicalism are, number one, a high regard for the Bible. Number two, a focus on Jesus' death on the cross. Number three, a belief that everyone needs to be evangelized. And then number four, prioritizing expressing the good news of Jesus through social action. Those are what he said would be the four things that would make up an evangelical. Hmm. FYI. But- like I feel like evangelicals read Christianity today. I don't know of anybody under forty that would identify with that term or understand that definition. They would go, 
they would listen to that list and go, yeah, that, I checked those boxes, but I go to Hillsong Church, so I don't, it's just a like, different world now. Like, I don't think anybody identifies with that term. And the people that do, to Jesse's point, are the cultural Christians who are more like moral conservatives and and they're kind of going, well, the evangelical voice is the religious mm-hmm. freedom is important and stuff like that. And it's just like this institution uh, that's not really about the vibrant body of Christ, you know, passionate Christians who are involved in their church. You know, I think it's just like it's terms are that definition makes a lot of sense. But I don't know anybody in the real world who understands that they just kind right. of label old stodgy conservative Christians as evangelicals. You know? Because you could probably go to like even non-Protestants. You could probably go to a Catholic and say, yeah, I identify with all four of those, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. All right. What do you have, Derek? So as you all know, our beloved Alex Trebek is gone from Jeopardy. Uh, just such a, I, mean, I grew up watching that man. Like, like I grew up like wanting to be on the Jeopardy show. So there's a, there's a void there. We're looking for the new host and uh, somebody has stepped up that I, I would have never guessed. LeVar Burton is on a campaign right now. Reading Wayne, reading rainbow. My man from star Trek was a Jordy LaForge with the, uh-huh. you know, he, he played with, that. Uh, and then also, uh-huh. yep. And he played Kunta Kinte. That's what I know. That's what I know him for. You know what I mean? Huh. We had to watch roots growing up. So, uh, he wants to be the Jeopardy host, and I think that it would be great. I think imagine LeVar Burton with that smooth voice being the Jeopardy host. I think he'd be a dope host. Like, I think it's dope. Is he so, up for it, or is he on his own personal campaign? No, he's campaigning. So what he's doing is he has a uh, what is a little signature thing or whatever. I don't know some sort of campaign. He has over two hundred thousand signatures trying oh, yeah. to get really? trying to get them to bring him on as the show. Yeah, so he's 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 going hard for it. He's going hard well, for you know, it. You know who his main competition is right now? Who? who? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just did a two week stint as a guest host as sort yeah. of an audition. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, the football player. Everybody no Aaron yeah. Rodgers, man. Thank LeVar, you. Reading right. Everybody still know Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. Thank you. Because is, some people. Hold up, is he still people, playing football or is he retired? Yeah, and he, said, he said he can do it during. He said he figured out how to. You know, first off, he gave a little peek behind the curtain. They only film Jeopardy 40 days a year. Like, you work a month and a half as the Jeopardy coach. Like it is that. a cherry wow. deal. You just grind out like mm-hmm. six episodes. I mean, those episodes are like 20 minutes when you watch them on TV. You just grind out a bunch over a couple days. I get why it's a good gig. But if you have Aaron Rodgers up there, it becomes an Aaron Rodgers show, right? Like yeah. everyone's just getting like the, the episodes he did. Like people were razzing him about being a quarterback. Lavar Burton is the guy had a had a show about reading books. Okay, <laughs> like that's the kind of guy you want for Jeopardy. As someone who I look at, I'm not dip, if it was Sports Jeopardy, have Rodgers be the host, right? <laughs> Shut up and dribble, Rand Rodgers. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm joking. I said callback, guys. My, my all, I'm is, Look, all I'm no. saying is LeVar Burton makes way more sense. But here's my, my thing. If if Green if, if I was a Green Bay Packer fan or mm-hmm. player, I would really be nervous. Like I'm like, Rogers is cashing it. <laughs> like look, he got his, he's on his way out. He's like, look, he's on his way out. He's like, next season we're not mm-hmm. going to the Super Bowl. Why? Because I'm gonna be focused on Jeopardy <laughs> right now and I'm gonna be rusty when I get to camp. So just letting y'all know we're not going. And I got paid a lot anyway, so sorry guys. Yeah. <laughs> I my thing is if I'm watching it, who's who are the contestants? Brilliant, the most brilliant minds, yeah. you know. If the host is like, you know, meh. 
that's incorrect. Like a jock or you something. Know, here's here's yeah. the correct answer. They're gonna the contestants are gonna be like, you didn't know that. Like, don't judge me. <laughs> it has to be another intellectual is my point. It has to be somebody that has like some sort of gravitas, like a professor kind of a vibe. And then it's like, oh, yes, you are the curator of the knowledge. And then we are, you know what I mean? If it's just Yo. like a personality, yeah, you, it's like, you're not smart. What if I'm Neil deGrasse you. Tyson was Dude, the, somebody uh, like that. That's that what I'm saying. Crazy. That actually, yeah. yo, okay, I think you're on to some, Cameron. Mike I think Lindell you are on to some. Stakeums will present the new season of Jeopardy. Lavar, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Lavar would be great though, because he definitely. But he's like kids' books. Like I don't get an intellectual vibe from him. I get a reading is fundamental kind of a vibe from but, him. But I don't get it. But but the thing is, like, I don't get. The, I didn't get that vibe from Trebek. I feel like oh, I, I feel like know. the job of the Je- here's my my thing about the job of the Jeopardy host yeah. is to make Jeopardy the star of the show, right? Like it's 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 a very simple format, and that's why people watch it because they it's a very repeatable formula, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 if Aaron Rodgers is in there, people are just watching for the novelty of watching an active NFL quarterback host it. LeVar Burton's been in broadcasting his whole life, right? Like, he's a professional broadcaster. Aaron Rodgers is a professional quarterback, right? Put a broadcaster up there who knows how to make the sh- do service to the show, not just service to the per- to his personal brand. I think I, I'd go LeVar here. Yeah, I don't think you have to be Neil deGrasse Tyson smart, but you do have to be uh, Incredible. Incredible. Smoking, smoking cigar with with you know what I'm saying a little little cognac and can recall a whole bunch of facts from 1940s smart like you got to be that you got to be that guy smart although the, it's like, not like they have to know all the answers but i always thought alex i was like he is so he's like the smartest man i i've right. ever seen but he's really right. just hosting the show with the right. answers for sure but like you got to have a poise kind of like a news anchor you you talked about the uh-huh. you know, cognac and the tweet and stuff and i immediately thought of ron burgundy i'd watch a ron burgundy host it you know what i mean Yay. i think that'd be great but like <laughs> Like you need that vibe of like somebody who has some gravitas who can sit at the anchor desk who can, you know what I mean? Like Aaron Rodgers just doesn't even have the, the voice for it. You know, he's just got to have that. I don't know. Credibility. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to, I feel like he's going to tell me what happened on the third down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Look at that. That's interesting. Hey, everyone, we're going to call an audible on Double Jeopardy right now. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway. there goes your Aaron Rodgers interview after the Super Bowl, guys. <laughs> and, and just let you know, we have a marvelous prize pack. We have a uh, adamantium aluminum flagpole with a retail price of $428 and randomly 50 cents. So. Pretty big deal, guys. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next for King and Country. Join us. listening to Magic Jordan. The song is Waves of Blue, the new single. Love them. Well, today's show is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, 2020 was interesting and it was hard. So let's do a mental health check-in. How are you? Really? What do you need right now? Whatever it is, therapy can help. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. We aren't meant to keep everything inside. It it makes us sick and therapy helps that. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. 
Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in a relationship or at work or not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. Now, right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash relevant. That's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Go check it out. Well, Australian-born singer-songwriter duo Joel and Luke Smallbone are the lead singers of the band For King and Country. They're the masterminds behind hit songs like God Only Knows, Burn the Ships, Priceless, and more. They just released their live concert film, and you can check that out right now on YouTube. We sat down with them to talk about learning to collaborate creatively, why we need live music, and what's next for their post-pandemic career. Here's our conversation with Joel and Luke from For King and Country. The idea of collaboration, I think, is something that is really becoming more and more. It was so definitive of the COVID-19 era because it created a lot of opportunities for people to work together in very strange ways, which you guys really like were early, I feel like, to the party on with together. you, you A lot of people did it, but you did it kind of early on. And it was really cool to see how that actually worked against all odds. I don't know if anybody knew that was that was going to work or not. That was just a grace of God moment, Tyler, because we had, so rewind back to January 26th of last year, it was the day of the Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. It was also the day that, incidentally, Kobe had passed away just a few miles from the Staples Center where the Grammys are held. So it was a very That's conflicting right. day. Uh-huh. And um, we were fortunate to win two awards that day, as was... Kirk Franklin and our awards were sort of sandwiched in between each other. And so we were the first people to see one another as we were kind of walking off stage. Did you know him at the time? Were you friends with Kirk already? Little, yeah. Kind of? He, he would always, what would he, would, what would he say to you, Luke, when he was passing by you all the time? It's like, man, he, he would never say for King Country. He'd say, man, King Country, how you doing? Put me on the collab. <laughs> He'd say, put me on the collab list. And I was like, oh, is that something I meant to have? Because I don't have a collab yeah. list. And, you know, now maybe I'll put you, in the, yeah. put you on the list. But because we didn't have a list, he was inevitably at the top of the list. And so it was just, it was like a few days after the Grammys, actually. We were talking about that song. We'd already written it. And I said, hey, by the way, let me just, you know, pop you this MP3 of this rough track that we're working on. Would you, you know, would you be interested? And man, he went above and beyond. He, he was like, man, I'm, I'm not only going to do this. I'm going to bring my choir in. He rewrote the whole bridge, which would be one thing if it was worse. You'd kind of be like, damn it, you know, but it was so much better. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole song now. Uh-huh, and yeah. and um, so we had that. And then in the middle of quarantine, actually right where I sit um, at our cottage here, Mariah and I recorded just a video 
text to Tori Kelly and her husband, and we just sent it over and said, hey, we've got this track and Kirk's on it. And we just really wanted that kind of strong female presence. And we're friends with them. And we're like, would you just sing on it, Tori? And it was like three days later, you know, she recorded it at home and she'd sent it back. And it was one of those rare moments that collaborations, as you would know, can get really complicated really easily. But it was one of those rare moments that it was like, we had this song talking about what does togetherness look like in a time that was very rapidly becoming socially distanced, politically divided, racial tensions, spiritual division. Like we had all of these layers and, and it was just this grace of God that we had this song. And then this two white guys, a Hispanic woman and a black man singing about mm. coming together. It was it was mm. one of those beautiful moments in, in music where you just felt like you were being guided towards this thing um, for the right moment. I did want to ask about the concert film, which is what, maybe like a week and some change out from from that. As I was reading over some of the copy that was sent over with it, you referred to it as uh, I think it was I think, I think the phrase was your most personal tour to date. That one, yeah. I mean, it was a, a, an awfully difficult tour to pull off technically, um, just with the production. Very elaborate, yeah. Obviously. Very elaborate yeah. and. Um, that made for really complicated moments throughout. But the whole intent was to, as best we could, create this sort of world where people were invited in in a whole new way. So the whole it was shaped like the bow of a ship. We literally had people like sitting in the ship um, and the front of the ship just really shot out into the audience. We went out into the audience at one point. We stood on top of the production at one point. I think part of the reason we felt so important to, again, to to reflect on Burn the Ships as an album, similarly to how we did with the deluxe edition, was to look back and go, there has been a great robbery in 2020, and that is these things that we do agree on. I agree that this song is really special to me. I agree on this football team is a great football team, and I want to support them. Whatever it might be, that those really pivotal communal moments, and you obviously take out church as well, you know, these pivotal communal moments where we come together and we say, and we rub shoulders with people who have different political, religious, ideological beliefs from us, and we rub shoulders and we go, yes, but we can agree on this, can't we? Like, this, this, this is exciting. We're in this really interesting precipice where the medical community is exhausted. We tip our hat to them. The pastors, the therapists, the politicians, they're all exhausted. But the, but the arts community have been sitting on the sidelines for the last year going, uh-huh. put us in, coach. And what I think what we feel right now is this bubbling of going, hey, we're ready, like, put us in because maybe we can be part of the healing. And, and the, the live mm-hmm. concert film was, was a small way of us. That's why we wanted to put it on YouTube and make it free and just kind of give it to people versus, you know, on a streaming platform, whatever, was just going, hey, here you go. Remember this, 
remember, remember what this was like and we're going to get back to this soon and it's going to be maybe more special than it ever has been and more important I would say all the people say This this can be very short because uh, you may not have a huge answer yet. But I, I'm just curious, what's next? Do you have any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be interesting, really, to see how the next few weeks play out, and that will probably determine a lot of how the rest of the year. But uh, you know, we will be doing some you know kind of select events starting really next month, and obviously it's not many. And obviously, as the summer continues on, currently, I've learned to say currently now because it can all change. Currently, you know, as the end of the summer, it kind of picks up. Uh, there's some festivals that are looking to play that are outside and, you know, obviously playing through all the circumstances of what they've, mm-hmm. they've got going through their local governments. We are planning a, a fall tour, uh, also a Christmas tour. Um, obviously, if that all still remains to be seen, how exactly that's going to play out, but those are the plans. And then, uh, you know, there should be new music and, and new, uh, new content uh, coming down the pipe. You know, when it's released, all of those things uh, we've still got some work to do, and quite honestly, we've still got songs to write. But uh, our high hope is is that you know there will be no matter what happens, there will be something new this year. Uh, what iteration, yeah. how it rolls out, those are kind of some of the the questions and the puzzles to solve. But uh, you know, it's time. You know, you forget. Burn the ships has been out. You know, for a, a little while now, and uh, it's it's time to. Uh, you know, we've we've lived enough life, I think, to write something that um, feels personal, that feels meaningful. Um, you know, God willing, God's worked in our hearts over the last three or four years. There's stories to be told there. You know, yeah. uh, we've obviously all gone through an awful lot as a as a world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that the temptation is going to be that we're all just going to write pandemic songs. And my take, my take, my take on it is: No, I'm not necessarily into writing a, a pandemic song, sure. a song. But what has the pandemic revealed to me that is like real, that is true? That what were the things that made me afraid? What was the th- what were the things that delighted my heart? That was for King and Country. Make sure to check out their new live concert film over on YouTube. Stay tuned. Up next, it's our new series, Quarter Life, presented by UHSM. We are joined by relationship expert Deb Falada. Don't miss it. to Still Woozy. The song is rocky. If you're still woozy, I mean, you tried to walk, it'd be kind of rocky. It makes sense. 
Well, like I've mentioned, our new series, our 10-week series, Quarter Life, is brought to you by our friends over at UHSM. You got to go check them out. And we appreciate their support of this amazing series. Now, what is Quarter Life? This segment that you're about to hear and uh, the articles we're publishing over at RelevantMagazine.com every Tuesday and Thursday right now, will cover a wide array of topics like career, faith, relationships, mental health, wellness, uh, so much more with well-known authors, entrepreneurs, faith leaders, and others talking about topics that matter to people specifically in their 20s and that quarter life time of life. Content's meant to encourage and inspire you to make the most of that season. This week, we are joined by dating, marriage, and relationship guru, Deborah Faleda. Deborah is a licensed professional counselor and author of True Love Dates, also choosing marriage and love in every season. She also has a new book coming soon, so stay tuned for that. We sat down with her to talk about how to have healthy and happy relationships in your 20s. And if you're not in your 20s like me, we can probably learn a lot (laughs) as well. Here's some of that conversation. So you've been giving people, you've been working with Relevant almost as long as I've been with Relevant offering relationship advice. First question is, in that time, in that, let's say we're coming up probably on almost 10 years here, how have you seen or have you seen the way people in this country and our culture think about dating relationships change, shift? How so? Well, I think the online world has definitely caused a shift in relationships Mm -hmm. you know even online platforms online dating social media there's just a whole new way of doing relationships and a lot of times it's from behind a screen but now the focus is kind of on it's almost like shopping like when we go on we go on amazon we're scrolling through what i want what i need We almost have a tendency to view relationships in that way because it's the same gesture. I'm swiping, I'm, I'm reading up, I'm clicking. It's like a consumer approach to relationships. What do they offer me? You know, what am I going to get out of this? What do I need? But the problem with that mentality is it doesn't do justice to the equation of a healthy relationship. The equation of a healthy relationship is that When you're healthy, you attract healthy relationships because you're 50% of the equation. But the the focus these days is so much on what I can get rather than who am I standing alone? How healthy am I standing alone? The word relationship means how we relate to people, right? How we engage with people. But a huge portion of how we relate has to do with how healthy we are, right? Right emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy. How do I relate to the world? What patterns do I bring to the world of relationships? Am am I stuck in cycles of unhealthy relationships? Mm -hmm. And so I think for us, it's important to kind of take inventory of the fact that we tend to have that consumeristic approach instead of really digging deep and, and looking at our own personal health and what we have to offer in relationships. How do you do that? Because it's very difficult, obviously, to have an honest self-assessment of how things are going on inside of you, even even for people who are fairly tell who are like high functioning. What are some tips and tricks of that trade? 
Well, first of all, having community is so helpful, but not just any community, honest community who's going to speak into your life and, 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 and reflect to you how you're doing. If you don't have a friend who you can sit down with and say, Hey, what do you think I'm struggling with? What do you think I need to work on? And, and, and to be able to share with them where you're at, then you're missing an important aspect of health. Hmm. Another thing to remember is that these conversations of becoming healthy, emotional health, mental health, this isn't stuff you're born knowing how to do. You know, you've got to, you've got to develop and train and practice Uh, there. Everything from books to podcasts to therapy. I mean, this is a process of being intentional about getting healthy. Just like if you wanted to take up cooking, you're going to learn everything you need to know about it. You're going to read books. You're going to go online, look at blogs, listen to podcasts, maybe even take a class or two. Why do we assume that this process of emotional health is just going to happen? Like you've Mm -hmm. got to be an active participant in the process. So for you, maybe that means a season of therapy. You know, I actually would even recommend a season of therapy before you start dating, just to, just to like be on top of things, you know, and just to get an idea of your past patterns and habits and maybe unhealthy patterns that you have that you don't even recognize. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then the third mm-hmm. thing I would recommend is journaling. There is so much power in expressive writing and facing your thoughts, putting them down on paper, being a witness to what's going on in your head by writing it down. And not only that, it helps you track the process of healing. It helps you track how you do relationships because human nature, we have a tendency to forget if we don't write things down. And so Mm -hmm. not only has expressive writing been proven in research to be a helpful part of the process, but it's just such an important way of getting things out and keeping track of your personal journey and where you're at and how you're doing. That was Deb Faleta. Go check out the rest of that conversation in the quarter life section, which you can find at relevantmagazine.com. Just click right there. It's in the life section. It says quarter life. Click on it. It's presented by UHSM. While you're there, you can click out or check out what UHSM is doing. Thank you so much for their support. Quarter life. Go check it out. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Epic Battle. Without it, life is wasted time. This week on Relevant Recommends, we're talking about Crying in H-Mart. It's the new memoir from Michelle Zahner, better known to indie rock fans as Japanese Breakfast. In it, Zahner writes about her experience of losing her mother and how she healed through a combination of soul-searching and Korean cooking. You can read more about it at relevantmagazine.com. You're listening to Junior Junior. If you're old school, you know it's Dale Earnhardt Junior Junior, but they changed it, so they didn't get sued, I think. Uh, The song is Higher Love. Obviously, it's a remake of Higher Love. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. 
The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for part two of... If you missed the first one, you got to go back two weeks and listen. We took this, we took the internet debate and we settled it. Who's better, Batman, Spider Man? Who would win in a street fight? So we've gone down the list of things, you know, Godzilla and King Kong, and 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 who would win in various situations. And and so we did teams, y'all. We we, Which, we graded hold up, it out. Side note, side note. Yeah. Uh, yep. Before we go further with this Godzilla King Kong thing, uh huh. I just want you to know, Tyler, I saw the movie and what me and Jesse said was not so far fetched. Yeah, there's I mean, I'm not going to get I'm not going to give away the movie, but I'm just going to say Godzilla put in work in that movie. He, yeah. he put a lot of work they, in in that movie, so they weren't on Nickelodeon's guts. There, there were no. That was a that was a street brawl. That was a that was a city standing brawl. I'm just saying, and the fans weren't happy. Relevant fans weren't happy. They made their voices heard. I'll put it at this point. I'll put it this way: that King Kong was very aware of Godzilla's atomic breath. Like, I mean, yeah. he was dodging that thing, and you're what just. If you see the movie, you'll know you'll know that me and Jesse were absolutely correct. And Cameron, you were not being biased by giving us that point. So I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> I just needed to make sure that tripping. the whole world knew. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The whole world knew that me and Jesse were were on That's the right, right side of history. Which All right, right. So the, the teams are the you. same as last Derek time. It's going to be Jamie and Tyler versus Derek and Jesse. And y'all figured it out. I thought it was a good format where you guys kind of shared rounds. We're going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to do four rounds again. So you guys all get a turn. Talk about it. Here it goes. So the first epic battle is Flow. Uh, this is going to be, and I'm assigning. So Derek and Jesse, you have Flow, the progressive insurance lady, Tyler and Jamie. You have Jake from State Farm. Who sure. would win in the U.S. presidential election? U.S. Mm-hmm. presidential election between Flo, the progressive insurance lady, and Jake from State Farm. Settle it once and for all. You are first up, uh, Jesse and Derek. Derek. Derek, do you want do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'm gonna say first of all, uh, if we're talking about just you know when you're looking for a leader, yeah. you're looking for somebody that is intelligent. <laughs> you're looking for somebody that is caring. Uh-huh. And you're also looking for somebody that is is uh, that looks the part, and I'm going to oh. say that flow mm-hmm. looks the part, as well as all those other things. Like I, the guy in khakis, I don't care nothing about him. Flow got some style, how she moves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then right. also, when you think about it, she's made a lot of money in tech. Yeah. As far mm-hmm. as when you see with progressive with all those different uh, inventions mm-hmm. that they had to make sure that we got great insurance rates. So I'm mm-hmm. saying she's. Extremely intelligent. Look at all the tech that she's created to help us get this these good uh these good rates. So I'm definitely going with the brains and the beauty. So all right. So Jake from me. State Farm, uh, uh, Tyler and Jamie. Uh, tell me why Jake yes, from State Farm. Jamie, you want to lead us out here? 
I'll lead us out here, y'all. You know, one of the things that you look for when you're looking for a presidential campaign is someone who can handle questions really well. And Jake uh-huh. from State Farm is always having to to answer questions coming at him from from random people, from from mm. athletes, uh, from from little kids, and he's always ready and he's always kind in his answering. He never belittles mm. anyone. Uh, he is um, quick on his feet with his answers, and mm. he really is out for the good of all people. We can see that when he talks to to all of his friends and in, in, in the commercials and athletes he is thinking how do i do the best for the most people and that's mm. the kind of person that we're looking for in a president mm-hmm. these days mm-hmm. okay right, great yeah, day, jesse, and Tyler, jesse and derek do you have a response yep De- derek i think you made the case for flow better than i could so i'm going to go attack at here i don't trust jake from state <laughs> state farm one little bit the man has no self-awareness he's wise yeah, the wife is right to be suspicious. Yeah, you're on the phone with Jake from State Farm. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Who is updating their insurance at 3 o'clock in the morning, okay? What happened was Jake is conspiring with that husband. He's like, hey, hey, listen, Jake, bro, stay on the line. I got a little shady business at 3 o'clock in the morning to take care of away while my wife's asleep. If she wakes up, I'm just going to flip over to you and act like we're doing it. Who's doing that? Something shady with Jake. He borderline home invasion, trespassing at the very least. Borderline home invasion with the poor Chris Paul family. The man is a psychopath. Just <laughs> showing up. Chris Paul spending quality time with his son, shooting some driveway hoops. And Jake, what was he just waiting in the bush in the shrubs? Like the man has no self awareness. Yeah, he gets things done, but he, I'd be the first first week in office. We're having a big time scandal with that sleaze ball coming in. Jesse, I'm surprised if you're going. Attack at I'm actually thinking about it. I'm surprised you didn't go. We can't trust him. He's going to quit on the job and get replaced with a, another Jake from State Farm. Exactly. You know, I don't even know don't who e- you are. We Jake. don't know who he is yeah, anymore. He, yeah. Who's the yeah. real Jake from State I'm behind, Farm? I'm behind that red shirt and khakis. Yeah. You know. The president isn't just a red shirt and khakis. Yeah. I got to step up. All right. All right. And final word. Final word. Tyler and Jamie. Why is Jake from State Farm going to win the U.S. Well, presidential election? First of all, Cameron, I'll, I'll appreciate it if you wouldn't like jump in and give Jesse and Derek an assist. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking there. out loud. I'm just like, thinking out loud. I feel like I don't even know why I'm bothering with this anymore because <laughs> yeah. game respect. Next thing I know, Flo's going to have laser breath and she's going to shoot out based on my understanding of the rules. Oh, you mean one that's canically accurate to the character? Yeah, well, I would assign something like that. I'm going to join Jesse, like her, like Derek did wisely with her adoption of new technology. Okay, uh, meanwhile, no. you tell us you tell us how this no. psychopath who's sneaking into celebrity homes who's a stalker. <laughs> you tell me how he's better. First of all, my I, girl wears my girl wears an apron all the time. Just keep things. Neat. Not, okay, so for I, I am going to go attack at here, and I, I don't want to be the first one to say it, but I think we all know it's true. Even the people who are supporting Flo here, Flo is is probably the most irritating spokesperson on television. She she does not. I, I don't I don't mouth. like it. I have not. It's not. This is not. This isn't a problem with her or her product, both of which are solid. But when she when she when her commercial mm. comes on, people change the channel. They don't want to be involved. With what Flo has to say, mm. I think they, I think Progressive has even acknowledged this mm. in so, like what? subtle ways within their own ad campaigns, making her into sort of a villain figure. And if the people who are paying this woman mm. money can't even keep up the face mm. that she is a positive thing mm. for the brand, then how is she going to win a presidential campaign? It doesn't make any sense. Right. How's and, she going to win? And How's she I need to read Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm reclaiming my time. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> We're sorry to break it, but this is a trash take. Recla- sorry, sorry. <laughs> so the, basically what you're saying is who likes Nobody Flo? Nobody likes Flo. Like, Nobody likes Flo. 
Jesse and Derek can't say that they're upset that they were cast as as being on Team Flow over here. They can't say that. I understand it, but I know that it's true. Plus, you know what? plus, I do want okay, to throw okay, okay, my a, man Jake really fast. Really fast. I want to defend Jake. Jake is a man of the okay. people with the khakis, the red polo. He's a blue collar work. He understands what real Americans mm. are all about. He, he shows yeah. the reason I, I, people yeah, welcome yeah, I, a him. Lot of, a lot of the average Joes. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Tyler. Every time I walk into a sports bar with a bunch of average Joes, they're wearing their polos with khakis tucked in. That's what I expect out of, down at the construction site. Flo is dressed like a This is the question. Derek. This is the thing that I'm saying. I'm saying you just said that Flo is annoying. Mm-hmm. And nobody will pay attention to her. But there's literally been thirteen thousand different Jakes from State yeah. Farm. So that would mean that if Flo has kept her job the longest, and there's mm-hmm. been fourteen million different Jakes from State Farm, who's the it, one that's annoying? They've been booting Jakes left and it's right. It's a Dread Pirate Roberts situation, like the Princess Bride. You pass it down to a trusted. That's how much we trust Jake from State it's Farm. Like, oh. <laughs> Hey, hey, yeah, that, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. That's how I remember democracies working. We just hand the crown down like some sort of medieval monarchy. That's exactly how it works yeah. here in America. Yeah. No, so we are, we are, we are a country of oh, voting. Yeah. Tyler. Voting has worked so well for mm. America over the last few years, right? <laughs> oh, he turned to a communist. We just turned so, to. A- <laughs> I, what I'm getting is Get flow is kind of. Get Mike Lindell on. <laughs> Flo is kind of the Mitch McConnell type figure. She's there for a long time. She's mm-hmm. credible, but she's not likable enough to win a presidential That's election. Exactly no. right. The president needs that charisma, mm-hmm. needs that fan base, mm-hmm. uh, needs to inspire. Who is Jake from State Farm? That's the question. If you can, if you can answer who is Jake it's, from State Farm, then I, then I'll say I lost. In a U.S. presidential election, I think more Americans would vote for the current Jake yeah. from State Farm than from Flo. Jamie. I give it to Tyler and Jamie. All right, please, here's hey, the, please don't call my house at 4 a.m., creep. <laughs> All right, here's the next round. Uh, Derek and, and Tyler, or Derek and uh, Jesse, you guys are going to have Pope Francis, and Tyler and Jamie, you are going to have Captain Crunch. And the competition is a prank war. Who would win a prank war between Pope Francis and Captain Crunch? Jesse and Derek, you are up first. Pope Francis, make the case. Look, man, Pope Francis, I mean, that guy, that guy could be playing long cons. I mean, he had the best pranks ever. He could tell all Catholics to do something. <laughs> They're just going to do it. Like, that's how it works. The man, the man, according to the belief, believes some guy. You know how funny it would be? Like, hey, listen, I got this edict. You're not going to believe this. You got to wear your pants backwards next week. Just make sure you're listening. Captain Crunch has one prank. He's like, hey, try yeah. my cereal. It tastes good. And you're like, oh, man, my roof of my mouth's all cut up. And you're like, ah, gotcha, psych. You tell me. You tell me which one's funnier. Right. You tell me. Psyching out a whole religion? Psyching out a whole religion just for the just for, for, the, for gas? Or, or slicing up the roof of kids' mouths for generations? Tyler and Jamie, yeah. uh, tell me why Captain Crunch yeah. would win in a prank war against Pope Francis. I think I think Captain Crunch is a known quantity here because Captain Crunch is already in the middle of multiple prank wars as we speak. The most famous one was probably the Oops All mm. Berries Captain Crunch situation. He pretended to take out the best part of Captain Crunch and put all the berries in there. That was shipped out to millions of families all over the world. That was in boxes and stores. You could buy the All Berries Captain Crunch and he was like, oops-a-daisy, look what I did. It's All Berries now. So that is a that was a spectacular prank that set the bar. People the still bar talk about one, that pranks. one, don't they? It wasn't <laughs> in the new Jackass. Not to say nothing of the fact. <laughs> and then there's the fact that I don't 
and this is this is all conjecture here you're kind of this is a relevant exclusive i don't think captain crunch is a captain at all i don't think he's a pirate captain i think the guy guy has commandeered yeah it's been a serial 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 authority just by wearing the funny hat and saying that he's a captain that's a that's an all-timer prank right there hey Okay. Someone call Johnny Knoxville. So we got this great thing where we take berries out of the okay, cereal. We took too long with the Jake from Safe Arm flow round. So I'm just going to call it at that one. The winner of the prank war, Jesse made the perfect case. Pope Francis, no question, because he can control billions of people. Epic prank potential on that one. Final one. This is it. We got to be quick. Here's the question. Who would win? In a competition of riding a mechanical bull between Baby Yoda and Wonder Woman. Tyler and Jamie, you get Wonder Woman. Derek and Jesse, you get Baby Yoda. Tyler and Jamie, you go first. Tell me why Wonder Woman would get a better score riding a mechanical bull than Baby Yoda. Well, I would just like to start and say that um, since it's between Wonder Woman and Baby Yoda, I think the obvious is that to stay on a bull, you have to have good leg strength and good core strength. And mm. I just cannot you know see you're from Baby. Austin. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if I had a dollar for every time I rode a bull, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm expert here. But I don't think Baby Yoda <laughs> has the ability, the strength, even in his core, his mm. legs, to, to hang on to a bull. And so it's not even a contest. Wonder Woman would get on. Mm. She's her physique is is so good and she's got good core strength and less strength, leg strength and Wonder Woman would last at least eight seconds if love not it. longer love it interesting okay uh, Derek and Jesse why would baby Yoda be better at riding a mechanical bull Yoda would just use the force he doesn't need do physical strength he would just use his the force that is all around the bull to stay stationary on the bull probably longer than eight seconds probably eight days if he wanted to because he is a top tier jedi uh in training so question. that means that he'd be able to use the force to do that but i have a question baby yoda hasn't developed it yet and he only has bits and spurts where it happens can he actually have this sort of control in your mind and why why do you feel that way? did you see what he did in the in the second season when the everything was floating all around him they were blowing bombs up and all of that and he was in 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 the forest on top of that mountain bro he is there like he he is already there plus (laughs) Now at the end of at the end of the Mandalorian, he's training uh-huh. with Luke Skywalker. Uh-huh. Like, okay. bruh, he's all just one day with Luke would get him eight seconds of force strength. That's all he needs. And, so and, and, I think it's a good one day in your courts. And and I don't mean to be I don't mean to be the, the Debbie Downer here, but I'm yeah. just gonna say something that everyone's thinking. Yeah. Wonder Woman has shown remarkably poor judgment when it comes to transportation up to this point. She has an invisible jet. Okay? Yeah, when she is seated in the invisible jet, you just see a seated person flying around. Okay? So here's my thing. That is way more conspicuous. But doesn't like she if, have if, a magic if, lasso? We're talking about a bull here. Yeah, yeah, but hold on, hold on. Listen, listen. If you're outside your house and you're like, hey, there's a jet flying over. Okay, cool. If you're like, I, I'm not even going to think twice about that. It doesn't need to be invisible because jets fly over. That's what jets do. But if you saw a woman in the seated position just flying <laughs> because the jet around her is invisible, that's for, you're drawing all kinds of attention. It's just yeah. terrible judgment. I don't trust yeah. her in any type of transportation. All right, so transportation, questionable transportation issues versus long legs versus baby Yoda could just sit there and float forever. I got With the I gotta, force. Yeah, the force. I got to be honest with you. The question I have about baby Yoda is can he harness the force long enough? No. 
Wonder Woman with the long legs. She's got rope you situations. Know she knows how to ride and a bull. I'm going to go Wonder Woman. I think uh, Tyler and Jamie have taken this round. They've won two out of three of Epic Battle 2 Electric Boogaloo. There we go. All right. We got a lot more where that came, that came from. So uh, in, in future weeks, we got something fun next week, but uh, maybe maybe Epic Battle will show up again. I'm enjoying this. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank Deborah Faleta for joining us. Uh, you can follow her on IG at True Love Dates and make sure to go check out the full conversation with her in the quarter life section at relevantmagazine.com presented by UHSM. Also, thanks to For King and Country for joining us. Make sure to go check out their new live concert film over on YouTube. And while you're at YouTube, why don't you click over on the relevance section? Because not only will you find some amazing uh, studio performances by For King and Country from the Relevant Studio a couple years ago, but you'll also be able to find video highlights of this very podcast. We are now posting full audio episodes on our YouTube page, as well as two or three uh, entire segment video highlight segments uh, each week. Uh, we will be posting them every Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the, you know, the new show goes up on Friday and then Monday and Tuesday, the videos will roll out over on the relevant YouTube channel. Make sure while you're there to subscribe to relevant and you'll stay in the loop of all the stuff we'll be creating. I gotta say the video highlights, just the beginning of a new season of video content that we will be doing over on YouTube. Hey, uh, also make sure to check out the March, April issue of relevant. It's available now at relevantmags.com. Uh, it features cover story with one of our favorite groups, Johnny swim. Also comedian, Nate Bargatze, uh, Oscar nominated actor, Lakeith Stanfield, Hillsong United's Taya. Uh, we have think pieces on gender equality in the church, climate change, uh, fighting uh, sexual abuse in the church. So much more, some important content, amazing content, great conversations, all in the March, April issue of relevant. It's available for free and ad-free right now over at relevantmagazine.com. Thanks to, guess what? UHSM. UHSM not only sponsoring Quarter Life, they are the presenting sponsor of our March-April issue of Relevant as well. Go check it out, relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. Also, while you're there, uh, like I said, check out the Quarter Life series that's going on right now. It's a 10-week series tackling everything in your 20s. Uh, there's a ton of great content in the section, um, more than just what you're hearing here on the podcast. There's features every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure to check back for that. Follow Relevant on all the socials, and also while you're at the site, make sure to check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk. It's right there in the God section. It's our every morning, our new devotional. We also have a deeper walk podcast wherever you get your podcast you can get our it's about five minutes long every morning just a great way to start your day in the word um deeper walk and it's presented by our friends at lumo Woo, so much going on and that's just the beginning we have an exciting lineup of things in the pipeline for this year we can't wait to tell you all about it on that note we'll wrap it up i'm cameron strang i'm jesse Carey. i'm jamie ivy i'm Derek minor we will see you next friday have a great week everyone for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine, 
a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. You should see the wacky adventures we have in store. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.